Hello everyone, it's yours truly, Andrea. I'm here to do another episode for Andrea Speaks. As always, I start off by thanking everybody that has continued to listen um, and support the channel. I do hope and pray that my episodes have been a blessing or encouragement to you in some way or form. Um, I don't think I've mentioned this before, but I do have a Facebook page for those of you who may be listening and you don't know me personally. Um, if you are on Facebook, if you go to, if you type in Andrea Speaks, my page should come right up. And, um, I know it should allow you to message me, um, nothing derogatory because if you talk crazy, I will block you. But if you have questions, if there's anything that you would like for me to answer on an episode or anything like that, feel free to go to that page and contact me there. And I'd be more than happy to take those questions and answer them on one of my episodes for you. And um, I guess without delaying, I wanted to to talk because um, basically I want to talk about, you know, taking care of yourself and doing what you have to do for you, you know, no matter what. And it's so funny that I've I had a moment and I'm gonna talk about it. I'm having I had a moment where I realized I really needed to do that for myself and I was going to have to put some things down in order to do it effectively. And it was like right when I made this decision, um, yesterday I started seeing all the uh posts about Simone Biles. And initially the post was saying that she withdrew from the competition because of a medical problem. So I was, I was concerned. I'm like, gosh, I hope she's okay. You know, she's in another country. I said, I hope she didn't contract COVID or something crazy like that. But, um, as the, as the post continued to, uh, flood the timeline and they got statements from her, um, she really just had gotten to a point of saying, you know what? I need to, Care, I need to take care of myself. I need to I need to mentally get myself together. And she wasn't going to be able to do that and still try to compete. Even though everyone was waiting for her, everyone may have been expecting her to do it. She knew that right now she had to really focus on herself and she couldn't think about what everyone else may have been expecting. And so um I commend Simone Biles for that. Um I know I don't watch gymnastics a whole lot, but I've seen um, many of her performances and she's an amazing um, gymnast. I hope that um, she'll one day return to it or she may find something else that she finds passion in and turn to that. It's, it's going to be whatever is, is best for her, but she's always going to be a great athlete um, in my book, no matter what she does next. And so um, shout out to Simone Biles. But I, you know, I I mentioned that because I kind of had my own moment with that yesterday. And so any of you that have been listening to my podcast, you guys know that I'm actively involved in my church and um, I have been serving on the leadership team. And some of you, if you were listening or paying close attention, you probably heard me say or make a couple of jokes about how you know, how I transitioned um, into being a leader, it happened really quick. And I would make the joke sometimes about how I feel like I woke up one day and I was on a leadership team. I would joke about that, but I really meant it. It, it was, it really, 
it happened so fast. It, it was literally like turning around and boom, you're there. And um, yesterday I had a very um, real and much needed conversation with my pastor. Um, everything had kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. I had been getting so triggered lately and it it's just it, it had just been one thing after the other and I finally had to come to realize that I need to take time to really um get healed properly from the things that I went through before because I feel like I started the journey with getting healed when I first came to the ministry and then I, instead of focusing on that first, it's like I tried to bring in that healing, that needed healing with serving in another capacity. But, um, you know, we were talking about it and, you know, he was apologizing, you know, as my leader, he said, you know, I'm sorry, you know, I had to repent because, you know, I really had to consider that I may have pushed you out there too fast. And I told him, I get that, but I don't blame you. I don't blame me. I think it's a lesson learned from both ends. And when I thought of, we, we were talking about kind of how things started when I first came to the church. So I came to my, I came to my current ministry back in December of 2019. At that point, I had been out of uh, church for almost two years. And even though God had been working on my heart, dealing with me, um, I knew I had made a lot of progression but I knew that I still had a ways to go. And so when the Lord brought me to the ministry, um, I was convinced that this would be the place that I could come to to get the healing that I needed, to get the teaching that I was going to need to really progress. And then once that happens, you know, then whatever God allows after that, he allows. Well, um, it started that way. Like I said, I came in December of 19. Um I wasn't under a whole bunch of pressure to join. So I think by the time I did officially join the ministry, it was maybe three or four months in. And um, I, was able, I was coming, you know, hearing the word, um, you know, the ministry, growing ministry. So uh, I helped on the back end where I could, but I didn't have to do a lot. Because when I came to the church, you know, um, I think the only thing I was doing when I first came to the ministry was like media stuff. Like I would maybe uh, go Facebook live for the videos um, that we did, but that was it. That was all I was doing. And and then we didn't know we didn't always go, we didn't go live every Sunday. Sometimes we didn't go live, so it wasn't like I wasn't doing a whole bunch. And so I felt like I was growing. My growing my growth in God was going really quickly. And it felt good. I mean, I could just feel the things that the, the work and the the healing and everything that God was doing, and everything was great at first. So then we hit. Uh, so now we're in 2020, and we get to the summer. Um, about this time last year, and there was a bit of a transition. Um, a few people left the ministry, and. You know, we're already a growing church. You know, we're, we're small in numbers. So now you have people that are leaving. So that kind of reduces the number some. And so now it's kind of like everyone that was left 
um, there was kind of left to pick up the slack in a way, kind of helped the leader pick up the slack and make sure that things were done. So what ended up happening, um, cause like I told you up to this point, I was just coming in here in the word for the most part. Um, and I would get some live, some live video every now and then that was it. That's all I was doing. Once, um, those people left, I found myself doing more. So now I'm helping usher and catch people when this altar call is going on. And for, for, I don't know, people that have been in church, you probably know about ushers and stuff. But I need you to understand that ushering is more than just catching people. It is more than just greeting somebody at the door and passing out peppermints. Like, ushers have to be straight up intercessors. Like they are watchmen, they are gatekeepers of the ministry, and when they're and when they're helping uh, catch people, you definitely got to be prayed up because now you're coming in contact with whatever this person is dealing with, whatever spirit they may have, whatever turmoil they're going through, you're in close contact with that while they're getting their deliverance. So you have to be prayed up as well so that you don't get overwhelmed. And so, um. I ended up doing that because the person who was normally doing it, she was one of the ones who left. And then um, my pastor's uh, administrator at that time, she was one of the ones who left too. And so now he doesn't have anyone to handle his administrative affairs. And while I'm good at administrative stuff, I was not ready to make that commitment and say, oh, I'm just going to be the new administrator. I don't know. No, because I used to see how much work it, it was for her. And I said, yeah, I got a full time job. I can't be I can't I can't be by the phone like that. It was different for her because she she was um she was home. So she didn't have to go to work like that. So it was just I said, no, I don't have that. I What I did, I told my pastor when everything happened, I said, well, if I can help, I will. But I don't want to make a full out commitment that, oh, I'm, I'm it because if I can't do something, then I don't want to feel like my hands are tied. So where I can help, I will. And where I can't, I can't. So he said, OK, but um, I ended, I kind of low key became the administrator in a way. It wasn't officially made, but when he needed help with something, he'd ask. I never felt pressure. It was just if I was able to help, I was able to help. And so that was starting to happen a lot. So now I'm, I've gone from just being one that's just been coming and hearing the word, getting healed and just taking some little videos here and there to in addition to the, the videos and doing the media. Now I'm ushering. Now I'm helping catch people. I'm helping. I'm actually helping work the altar by catching people and praying. Um, I'm helping with administrative stuff and probably by. The top of fall, which would have been between like end of August going into September, when my pastor was gathering who his leadership team was, I was included. Because now by this time, I'm pretty much doing, I had been doing pretty much everything a leader would be doing, minus preaching. I hadn't preached or anything, but that was about to come, that was about to change too. But everything else that, that leaders would do when they're helping the pastor, I was pretty much doing it. And I was just, and so it happened really fast. I was still growing, but I don't think I took into account that you need to grow first, finish growing first, so that you can really come through what you know. You, I didn't. I don't think I took that into consideration. And so I remember October. 
this would have been October of last year. Um, like right after my birthday, actually, uh, I spoke at my church. We were having an event that month and all the leaders were supposed to speak. So I was on that list. I spoke and I just remember I spoke, got a great response from the people. And by the time I got home and probably a couple of days after I spoke, I just started going through so much mental anguish is the best way that I can put it. And I remember when my pastor called to check on me, I said, I don't ever want to preach again. I said, I, I'm never doing this again. And he he knew what kind of, um, you know, warfare to some degree comes after you've spoken, which is why he wanted to check on me. And uh, we talked about it and stuff. But um, after that, I don't know. I just, con- I continued to do what I was doing. Um, I spoke here and there. It didn't happen a whole lot, but all the other things that I was doing and serving all the other capacities that I was serving in, I continued in it. I continued in it and I, I just assumed I was okay. I said, Hey, I think I'm still growing. And one thing that my pastor said that I, um, didn't think about, but it, it was true. Sometimes you can find yourself growing around something instead of growing through it. And I think that was kind of what happened to me is that at first I'm growing through something, I'm growing the right way. And then all of these responsibilities that I probably should not have been taking on at that time, I just kind of ended up doing it because the people that were in place to do it were gone. He didn't have anybody else. And it wasn't that I was necessarily asked to do it. It's just you're in a ministry, you're serving, and you want to do whatever you can to help so I just, I just did it. I was never pressured. It was never like, well, no, they just pressured me. So I did it. No, nobody pressured me. Nobody even asked. It's just, you saw a need and you did it. That was the way that I was raised. You saw a need, you put your hands to the plow. So even though my pastor, you know, felt responsible for how things transpire, I didn't blame him at all. I didn't because I, I knew that, okay, again, lesson learned for both of us. So... I guess to make a long story short, from that time when I spoke up until now, I had been going through so many triggers. And if any of you that have been listening to my podcast, you know that I did a podcast um, almost a year ago about triggers. And when I tell you, it's been like the all the things that I may not have even... Um, properly taking time to address and heal from because of all the responsibility that I had on my hands. It was just coming up every situation. I remember we went to Vegas back in January. I I was going through it there. It was so many different things that were just reminding me of past experiences. And it wasn't necessarily that anybody did anything wrong. It's just that things that would happen, I would take it way too literal. And so then I put uh, an outcome or a, I'll put a, a, a definition on what this is. It could be something so small, something that's not even that serious, but I'll make it bigger than what it is. And then when I go back and look at it, I'm like, wait a minute, you said this, but that's not really how you felt. This reminded you of something else that happened that had nothing to do with the church. Something that happened long before you came to the church. And so we fast forward. Um, Recently, I just, 
I just kind of had a moment with everything where I'm just like, you know what? I can't keep functioning like this. Everything is triggering me. Everything is setting me off. I feel like I, I know I love my ministry. I know I love my pastor and everyone there, but I am still fighting with that feeling of inadequacy, uh, feeling rejected, feeling like you're not accepted, feeling um, like you're the oddball out, like you're the sore thumb, third wheel, all of that. And it wasn't because anyone did anything. It was just the, I don't know, all of those issues are just rising up. And so now I'm, 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 in a, I'm on a leadership team but I'm I'm going through all kind of turmoil in my mind because I'm having all these things that I probably did not deal with properly. They're rising up. And so I remember I kind of had a bit of a breakdown um, earlier this week. I was going to leave the church because I just I just thought maybe I just can't do this anymore. Maybe I just can't be in the four walls right now. Let me just isolate myself and and boom, that's it. But um and I had initially told my pastor that I was going to go. And he's not one that's going to try to, like, beg you to stay. And, of course, he, he was going to, you know, respect my decision either way, still love me, still pray for me. And um, but once I calmed down and had some time to think, we spoke again. And that's when I was able to say, you know what, I, I don't need to go. Um, I want to stay and work through this, but I need to I need to work through it first. I need to kind of get back to the place that I was at when I first came to the church. I want to start over, start over as just Andrea. You know, I'm not teacher. I'm not a leader. I'm not anything right now. I'm just Andrea who needs to come in and hear the word and have a safe place to get healed, to get set free. And once that, once that's done, once I know that that I've effectively conquered that, then we can see about, me moving back into certain positions and picking up um, certain responsibilities. But I told him that this whole process has taught me not to ever try to do both. Don't ever try to, don't, don't believe anybody that tells you, and I'm not saying he told me this, I, it wasn't that, but sometimes in churches, people will say to you, oh, you know, they'll tell you to serve and have responsibilities in the church as a way to help you heal that's not necessarily true. Sometimes, especially depending on what you're getting healed from, it's best to focus on that first and then move into those on, into those roles. Because when you serve on a on, in any capacity, whether it's, whether you're a minister, elder, preacher, whatever, when you're serving, you have to pour out. You have to pour out. You have to make yourself available to people. You have to give people the strength they need to go on their journey. If you're still trying to gain the strength for your own journey, what you're going to give to that next person? And you don't want to give them what you're what you're what you're still carrying. You don't want to make it harder for them because now you're putting things on them that shouldn't be there. I'm not saying that's what I did. I'm just saying it's important that if you know you got healing and things to get healed from, to focus on that first. Any good leader will let you do that. They won't try to pressure you and put you in predicaments that could set you up for failure. And the one thing I can say is that even with this happening the way that it did, again, 
my pastor, you know, he felt responsible as my leader for this. But I told him not to feel bad. I don't want you to feel like this is something you caused because it wasn't, you didn't cause it. It wasn't something that you tried to have happen. It was just, we had that unexpected transition with those people leaving and everyone just kind of had to pick up. It's kind of like the balls got dropped and we trying to we trying to control them all. So we didn't think about, well, who we going to ask to do what? It's like, you don't have a choice right now. You only got who you got. And because of me wanting to help, wanting to be there, wanting to make sure I could do my part and helping the ministry continue on while we wait for more help to come, I didn't think about what, what, what process I was in. I'm sure if I would have came to my pastor and would have said, hey, I know things are rocky, but I'm just not ready to take on this kind of responsibility yet. He would have understood. Like he would have been like, oh, of course, you know, you do what you got to do. I didn't, I didn't take that into consideration. Neither one of us did. We just was like, listen, whoever here, whoever is all in, let's do it. And so it, for me, if, if it's a fault thing, <laughs> it's just as much mine as it is his because neither one of us really took those things into consideration until after the fact. But what I'm thankful for is that um, I have a pastor that, you know, can love and has the grace to walk with you through it. And one of the things that he said to me yesterday was how, you know, he, he commended me for even having the conviction to say, you know what, I need to go back to the drawing board. I need to start over. He said some people would, in my position wouldn't do that. No, he said some people would never, uh-uh. They already leading. They're already kind of on the forefront. Mm-mm. But I said, no, I'm, I'm one. I'll do it. I'll do it. And I'm going to do it because I know that I have a call. I know God has called me. I know that there's power and things for me to just uh, change the world with. And I want to do it effectively. I want to do it effectively. And so... Once I do that, once I get that healing, once I make sure that my my mind, my soul, body, all of those things, spirit, all of that has been uh, cleansed and rid of past trauma, past hurt, all that stuff, then whatever God has called me to do, whatever he's going to call me to do at that time, I'll be ready to do it effectively. I won't be, I won't be nervous. I won't be having these mind battles of, oh, is this going to trigger whatever? I won't have to have, I won't have to worry about any of that because I've taken the time to do my due diligence to get the healing that I need. And so that's what I'm going to do. And so I, you know, I wanted to be transparent and share that with you guys because some of you may be in that predicament. It may not even be necessarily with the church. It can just be in life where you find, you know what? I'm doing so much for so many people, but I need to take time for me. And, and sometimes you have to do that. It's not, you may, you know, maybe when you're one who likes to give, you don't like to be the one that seems selfish. But sometimes in moments like this, when it comes to your health, when it comes to making sure that you're okay, sometimes you have to be a little selfish and, and do what you have to do because, you're no good to anyone if you're trying to pour out, pour out, pour out, and you're already empty. You're just going to burn out. It, it, it could affect you in more ways than you realize if you don't take time to really gather yourself, regroup, and get the inner healing that you need for yourself first. And so for whatever, you know, wherever you may find yourself needing to do that, do it. 
let, let what I've said and what I've shared and even what you may have seen with Simone Biles, let those be lessons and, and, and words of encouragement for you not to be afraid to do whatever you have to do, no matter what kind of pedestal you may be on, no matter who's watching you and say, hey, you know what? I got to do what I got to do for me. I got to make sure I'm healed. I got to make sure I'm free. Do that for yourself because there's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's needed for everyone. Your mental, it, it, listen, it starts with the head. So if your mental ain't right, nothing else will function properly. Nothing else. I'm, I've seen that firsthand. So, all right. I, I think I'm going to um, end this here. I think that's all I really had to say. But um, I do thank you guys for tuning in. I hope and pray that this has been something that's um, been of help to you and will inspire you. And again, if you have any questions or things that you've been wanting to ask me and haven't had the opportunity and you would like me to, you know, answer those questions for you on my podcast um, on Facebook, I believe it's facebook.com slash truth in rare form, or you can just type in Andrea Speaks in the search engine and um, my page should come right up. You can uh, post or inbox me from that page and say, hey, can you answer this question for me the next time you do an episode? And if I get enough of them, if I get enough questions, I'll probably just do a Q&A session and just answer all questions that have come to me. So uh, feel free to do that at any time. And until next time, guys, thanks for tuning in. and You have a great day.